Prophecy Club, let's assume that society has broken down, and let's assume that at some point, finally the pre-tribbers wake up and discover that there's not going to be a pre-trib rapture. They're not going anywhere. They are going to have to deal with the end times they now find themselves in, and they then start searching out someone that can explain and teach the book of Revelation and the rest of the prophecies to them. Well, word will quickly get out that you are high on that list. You seem to be one that can give answers that others are not giving or can't give, and you've been saying the same thing. There's not going to be a pre-trib rapture for a long time. So you are being sought out. Now, what do you do? How do you run a Bible study? How do you teach them? Now, I'm not going to spend the whole broadcast on how to run a Bible study, but I think it's important to cover that, and then we're going to dig into Revelation. So... In terms of, you may be saying, well, Stan, who are you and why have you earned the right to tell us how to run a Bible study? I first started, matter of fact, I'll even tell you a story. Okay, so I got interested in prophecy. This was about 1987, and I wrote up a paper that I believed that was saying Revelation 18 was talking about America. And I had it in my hand. I still, still this day, I don't know why, okay, but I walked out with it in my hand. I was good, heading to my car to go to work. Now, again, I don't know why I had it in my hand, but I looked up and there was a lady across the street. I'd never met her before. She didn't live in the area, but for some reason, I walked over and I said, are you a Christian? And she <laughs> lit up like a Christmas tree and very pleased to say so. She says, why, yes, I am. And I said, well, do you like Bible prophecy? She said, yes, I do. And I said, well, would you mind reading this and give me your opinion on it? So I handed her the papers. <laughs> this yeah, it's it had to be a God thing is what I'm trying to say. So that evening I got home and my wife says, what did you do? I, I don't know what you what you're talking about. She says, well, we have had just about everybody on the block that has called and says that they want you to teach them a Bible study, teach them prophecy. I said, really? I said, well, you know, I mean, I told her the story about me handing this paper off to this lady, but apparently that piece of paper in one day circulated all up and down the block that this guy, Stan Johnson, knows about Bible prophecy, and we want to learn about Bible prophecy. So long story short, we started a Bible study, and we started it on Friday night. So here's what happened. We started it, and we said, all right, we're going to start it at 7 o'clock, and it'll go from like 7 to 10. Well, <laughs> we quickly learned that that was a mistake. We were, we were having people stay until midnight. Some of them were even sleeping over on our couch. So we had to put a limit to it. Well, that's the first thing. We discovered that actually it is good to limit a Bible study time. Now, what we found works the best is an hour and a half, not two hours, not three hours. Now, I understand that that's in the good times. So by the time society breaks down, you may find your Bible studies going into the wee hours of the morning and people falling asleep off of the rafters and <laughs> like they did in the days of Paul and Silas and people like that. But anyway, I'm just saying in today's day and time, generally limiting the length of your Bible study is good. About an hour and a half is excellent. And also, we don't serve drinks. We don't have cake and ice cream and cookies. We show up, and if someone brings the coffee or brings their water or something like that, that's fine. But we don't set anything out. Instead, what we do is set the tables in kind of a square. We move the chairs around the square, 
And so each person has a place to put their Bible. And then what we do, and I'm just cutting right to the chase, here's what we do every Friday night at our, our church, because the strength and the backbone of a church is the number of people that know the Word of God. The more people that really know the Word of God, the stronger the church is, the stronger it's going to be able to weather all of the winds that may be blowing at it. So let's, uh, like, for example, we just restarted our Bible study this past Friday night. So I'll just tell you exactly what we do there and what we did. So we've discovered, again, another one of the techniques is it's good to stop a Bible study once in a while. We stop ours about the 1st of June, and we start it again about the 1st of September. We take off for the summer, and we find that that's good for a lot of reasons, gives people a chance to be with their families, go out and do things, and to get away from the Bible, because actually doing a Bible study every day gets really old. I'm just telling you, it does, and you'll lose them, and your Bible study will fall apart. And so if it starts falling apart, it's a good time to take a break. Matter of fact, we'll also take off during the holidays. In other words, like about Thanksgiving until the first of the year, we'll just go ahead and take off. And again, a break is good. So anyway, we just started a Bible study up for the, the next season. We just had off for the three months of the summer. And what we did is we had about three three by eight tables, and we put them in a big square we don't have any coffee already made for people. There's water if they want it, if they want to bring a drink. Of course, we're right next to the water burger, so I tell people, you know, if you want to spend time with the pastor, I'm going to be there at about 5.15, and I'm available from 5.15 to 6.30. If you want to just chit-chat, if you have something to say, if you want to just have, have a water burger with me, come on over. Some show up, some don't show up. That's their choice. And then we go on over, and we set up the tables, put chairs around them, and then I have hymnals. Now, this is the same hymnal that I used when I was growing up in church. And I also have a little, uh, what do they call it, a little tone pipe, you know, where you can blow a tone. In other words, if you want to know what C is, you blow that and it makes a C. So that hopefully we get the hymns on fairly close to key. And we don't have any music going with it. We don't have a piano. Now, if we had a piano player, if there was enough people, then, you know, we'd play a piano. I'm not against playing a piano. I'm not against uh, playing some kind of background music. We sing along with the background music. It's just that we haven't ever, how do we say, progressed to that point. So we, the first thing we do, and the, I'm just telling you, this is the order of what we do. So you, you just understand you need to probably be making notes because there's going to be a time when you're running Bible studies and there's going to be a Bible, Bible prophecy. There are going to be hungry, scared people there that you're going to have to answer a lot of really, really serious questions. Now, it's going to be a whole lot easier running a Bible study in a day and time when they're really hungry and thirsty, <laughs> when they woke up and now all of a sudden they're in the end times versus today when everybody is increase, rich and increased with goods and have need, need of nothing. And no, it's not that hour, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So anyway, back to it. So what we do is we open the hymnal and we will read, or read, we will sing, <laughs> we will sing typically from four to six songs. Six songs is getting kind of long because we will typically sing all four or all five stanzas of the verse. Because why? A lot of times people don't know that song. And so that gives them a chance in the first two verses to learn it so they can sing along in the last verse. 
and we try to sing and keep on key. We try to do it right. Then after that, then we pray. And specifically, we pray that God will show us the deep and secret things and help us to understand his word so that we can use it in the days ahead. And then we read the Bible. Something real unusual these days in a Bible study, we read the Bible. <laughs> I say that because a lot of Bible studies get into reading all kinds of this guy's book and that preacher's book and this stuff and that stuff. I tell you, uh, if you want your Bible study to work, if you want your church to grow, if you want your church to do well, if you want to have a strong foundation in your life and your friends around you, then here's what you do at a Bible study. You read the Bible. You read it. So this past Sunday or this past Friday night, here's exactly what I did. I said, okay, where do we want to start? I said, anything but Revelation, because we just taught through Revelation in my book uh, before we wrote for the summer. I said, so anything but Revelation, anything but, but probably Bible prophecy. And we all kind of talked about it for a minute, and there were several suggestions, but we decided to start with Galatians. So, fine. Everybody opens up their King James Bible. Let me say it again. King James Bible. My opinion, all the others are perversions perversions. All of the others are good for starting your fireplace fires. That's my opinion, and it's not going to change. Matter of fact, probably when I get down to this series, I'm going to play another series talking about why the King James Bible, because of some really, really good and serious reasons. It is, in my opinion, the most accurate of all of the English versions, and it may be the most accurate version on earth, including the Greek and the Hebrew, but that's a topic for another day. Anyway, so we read the Bible. Now, the way I'll generally start it, and I'll read a chapter, and if there's something to comment on, we stop right then and we comment on it, and if not, then we read that chapter, and I'll say, is there any questions or comments? Generally, there's not, and then we will move along, and we'll just ask the next person, whoever wants to, don't force anybody to read, don't have to read if you don't want to, and we just, who wants to read next? And sometimes they read fast, sometimes they read slow, sometimes we help them, but nobody's embarrassed, everybody's encouraged, and it's okay. And if there's a question or comment, we stop and we discuss it. However, one of the other things that'll kill a Bible study is getting into talking. As soon as somebody starts getting off on, uh, well, let me tell you what I did today. Or one time, years ago, this happened to me. You know that that's time to cut that off and move along. Because our purpose here is not a chit-chat. Our purpose here is not to share our day. Our purpose is to read the Bible, the King James Bible. Somebody shows up, they have another version of the Bible, we kindly and politely hand them a King James Version. Now, if they want to continue to read their version, I'll let them continue to read their version. But if they want to read in our Bible study, it has to be King James for lots of reasons. Again, we'll perhaps talk about that. So then we will read and we stop and discuss, and this past uh, Friday night, we read through five chapters, Galatians, all, I think there was, I think it was, we might have just read the first four chapters, but I think it was either four or five chapters. Typically, we will read about five chapters in an hour and a half. Now, what I've discovered is if a person is, if it's complicated or scary, they don't come back. On the other hand, if they don't learn enough to make it worth their drive, because many of our people drive in, and it, they're an hour away. So it has to be worth an hour drive through Dallas traffic to get to this Bible study where they don't come back. So talking too much, getting off a subject, 
will kill it. Making it too complicated will kill it. But at the same time, trying to make it fun and upbeat, that's going to kill it too. We don't try to make it something it's not. We just read the Bible, and then we discuss it. And it's been my experience that just, we'll typically go through four or five chapters, sometimes six, but by doing that, and, and I told him last Friday night, I said, look, it may not seem like a whole lot is sinking into you right now, but you have to understand that after a few years of coming to this Bible study, you will be amazed at how much has stuck with you and how it starts to change your life. The best book. Let me say it again. The best book in the history of man to change a person's life, to change their walk, to bring them from curses into blessing is reading, studying, learning, and knowing the King James Bible. Now, I said, here's what happens. After a while, it gets into your spirit. And like Psalms 23 says, he will lead us into the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So when you have made a commitment to come to, say, a weekly Bible study, then all of a sudden it starts getting in your spirit and you start making better decisions in your daily decisions. You start getting thing, getting doors open that would not have been opened and other doors that need to be closed, closed. And you start noticing that things in your life start working better because God is moving you from curses into blessings because you're walking in his word. Like Psalms 93 says, and because he has set his love upon me, therefore, well, I will deliver him. I will set him on high. That means I will promote him. I will make him the head and not the tail going on in Psalms 93. And because he has known my name, he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life while I satisfy him and show him my salvation. When we know, learn, study, walk, eat, breathe the word of God, he causes blessings to come into our life that we cannot bring. He fixes things we cannot fix. He fixes things that we don't even know need fixing, and that includes in our life, in our own heart, in our marriage, our business, in our children, in our entire life. When we have set our love upon him, then he will answer us. He will deliver us. He will be with us in trouble. With long life will he satisfy us and show us his salvation. He will bring blessings. We can't make the blessings come. All we can do is run after him, run after him with total abandon, open our heart and say, here it is, Lord, it's all yours. I will do to the death what you want me to do. You bought me, I'll start getting emotional here. You bought me, you paid for me, and you paid a, a price far too high. So I'm yours. I'm your bond servant. I will do whatever, wherever, whenever, however, you just tell me, and I will do it. The answer is already yes. I'm running after you with all of my heart because I want to please. I'm starting to get emotional. I may, probably need to change the subject. Everything in life starts with knowing the Word of God. Yes, prayer closet's important. I think prayer closet's even more important than reading the Bible, but we build a prayer closet because we read the Bible. We go to church because we read the Bible. <laughs> I mean, every, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. Okay, So it all starts with reading the Bible. If you are not reading the Bible, brothers and sisters, you are missing it. Let me say it again. I'm going to say at least 
at least an hour a week, then you are missing, you are leaving blessings on the table. You don't have to leave. You can have a closer walk with Jesus. Yes, I've talked about the prayer closet, got a whole DVD out there called uh, Build Your Building Your Prayer Closet. You can order the DVD at prophecyclub.com. Or you can go and watch it instantly at watchprophecyclub.com. And of my 37 DVDs, I still to this day get more compliments. I think probably it is still my most popular DVD of all of the 37 I've made over these 25 years. And it's called Building Your Prayer Closet. And it's talking about how one night God began to lay on my heart that I needed to start praying daily. And I didn't know what, you know, I hadn't heard anybody talk about no prayer closet. I didn't know how to pray like that. And so the DVD is talking about how I built my own prayer closet. And I'm not talking about hammer and nails. I'm talking about time every evening where I fall to my knees and I worship God. And no, it's not a gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh, I need this and gimme money and do this and do that. It's none of that. I very seldom ask. Uh, last night in my prayer closet, I asked. I did quite a bit of asking, praying for the people, quite a bit of asking for some things that we need to do, but that's to do what he's called us to do. But most of the time, it's worship. And l- let me just take a second and talk about that. Praise is telling God what he does and that you love him for it. Worship is telling God who he is and that you love him for it. Let me say it again. Praise is telling God what he does and that you love him for it. Worship is telling God who he is and that you love him for it. In all of Dimitri's writings, I actually did a search on this. I searched for the word praise. All of them, through all of his dreams, all of his vision, everything, and I could not find the word praise one time. Every time the angel talked to him about anything, every time, in any place, They always use the word worship. Yes, praise is good. Telling God that he did good, that you love him for something he did, that's good. That's fine. But the real power is not in praising God. It's in worshiping God. Now, I can tell you right now, there's not too many people that have the kind of walks could be able to explain that to you. And I learned that kind of walk by walking with Dimitri. I saw how he walked, and I prayed with him a few times, Worship, worship, worship is the key. So back to the Bible study. So we hold a Bible study every Friday night, which, by the way, I guess I should <laughs> extend an invitation to you if you're in the DFW area or ever in the DFW area. You might want to call or email first in case we happen to be on some kind of a break or some kind of a special occasion. But normally every Friday night from 6.30 to 8, we hold a Bible study at our church, Spirit of Prophecy Church, on the corner of Park and K in Plano, 2540 K Avenue, Suite 100, which, by the way, please do not send mail there because we have a lot of homeless people in our area, and they're constantly rummaging through our mailbox. <laughs> constantly. It's almost like an automatic thing. All the homeless people walk by and check our mail. So there's a lot of our mail that does not get to us. So if you want to mail us, the best thing to do would be mail the P.O. Box 750-234, Topeka, Kansas, 66675. I'll say it again. 750-234, Topeka, Kansas, 66675. And if you want to send something directly to me, and try to keep it nice, please, uh, the best way to do that would be to email me at askstan 
at prophecyclub.com. Pretty simple. Ask Stan at prophecyclub.com. Now, if you've read my book, I would especially like to hear comments on the book, and it'd be nice if there were some of them that were complimentary. No, I, I say that. As a matter of fact, let me just say, uh, in, in all of the many comments I've heard about the book, to this day, and I'm not looking for one, so <laughs> don't necessarily feel you've got to send me some kind of criticism, but I've not had any criticism saying, no, the book is crazy, no, you're off, you're rocker, you're wrong. I've not had anybody say that they already knew the things in the book. Uh, they've they've pretty much been very complimentary, so thank you very much. But yes, I could still use some more of those. And your kind comments about the radio program, those would be very welcome too. So anyway, back to the Bible study. We start at 6.30, we go to 8. We start promptly at 6.30, and we end promptly at 8 o'clock. That's another thing. Uh, you walk into our Bible study, and you're still welcome, even though you walk in late. But you will probably be the only one that's late, because normally by 6.30, we've been sitting there for five, at least five, normally 10 or 15 minutes and just fellowshipping. We typically fellowship, but then we try to start right at 6.30, and we try to end right at 8 o'clock. And it is just simply reading the Bible, King James Bible. If you want to learn the Bible, that's nothing. If you want to learn the Bible, in my opinion, the very best way to do it is, surprisingly, is not reading at home alone by yourself. Now, you should read your Bible alone by yourself at home. I'm not trying to say don't do that, but the very best way is to read it in a group. That way, you know that you can bounce your ideas off of other people. You've got someone that is a senior Bible teacher that is able to explain things that you might not understand because as you read the Bible, there's a lot in there that people don't understand. And what we do is pray for that God will show us the deep and secret things and give us understanding, show us the things below the ink and the paper so that we can really understand it. And he does. There's, I have to admit, even though I've been doing this Bible study since 1987, not not every week, and there's been some times we didn't do it for a while, okay? So I'm not trying to sit here and say I've done it faithfully every Friday night since 1987, but pretty much so. So as a result, I can bring a pretty good insight, at least help you so that you're not making a bunch of errors and a bunch of crazy thoughts. and th- You wouldn't believe it. I mean, people read the Bible, there's some, there's some crazy things they can get into. So I'll help you to understand the true understanding of the Bible, how this connects with the rest of the Bible, and so that he can use you. Now, let's tie this to Bible prophecy before we run out of time in today's program. So, as these things start falling apart and people start looking you up, please, and you need to, matter of fact, you might ought to consider starting a Bible study, maybe even now. It depends if you've got some family or friends or neighbors that are willing to put it together. But pray and ask God, will he bless this? Does he want you to start this Bible study? I mean, trying to start something that is a work of God and you didn't ask God, uh, then it's, it's not going to go so good. It's even better if he confirms to you that he wants you to do this. And then you know he is with you. He will bring in the right people and yeah, sometimes even keep out the wrong people, keep you on track, and give people's wisdom. Because we can't understand the, the Bible, brothers and sisters, without the Spirit of God. You just can't do it. It's designed that way. So you have to have God leading you and giving you understanding and wisdom and showing you the deep and secret things. Because he knoweth what is in the darkness, and light dwelleth with him, and he will lead you and show you the truth 
about his Bible. He wants people to know his Bible. Anyway, start a Bible study, and then the same thing with Bible prophecy. As you read through the Bible prophecy, it becomes a whole lot more clear because you've asked for his wisdom, his guidance. I need to take a little bit of time and talk about this Understanding End Times conference coming up October 4, 5, and 6 in Evansville, Indiana. It, uh, it seems that God is in this really big. See, because it all started out with me saying on the radio, look, you know, I'll pay my expenses. I just want to come in and teach Bible prophecy. And this lady called, and one way or another, uh, I was invited, uh, and Leslie was invited. And then it continued to grow, and now the uh, church is spending like $1,000 on advertising, also Prophecy Club has committed to spend $1,000 in advertising. We've got uh, over 100 people signed up in like the first 10 days for it. I don't know what the count is up to right now, but it's filling up quickly. We only have 350 seats available. Also, my daughter is our praise and worship leader, and she has contacted the pastor there, and the pastor has asked my daughter to be the praise and worship leader. There's other people. Now we've got like eight people from our staff at the Prophecy Club going. Now, I want to make it clear, this is not a crusade. It's not the same thing as a crusade. You're not going to get the same thing here that we do at the crusade. However, I believe it's going to be a very powerful experience, and I want to make it also clear, I'm not saying for certain that Sevenfold Miracle is going to show up there, but I am saying that for certain we are praying that they will. And it may possibly be. Look, you know, we can't just jump to a sports stadium from yesterday. We didn't have a meeting any place. All of a sudden, now we're holding a meeting at sports stadiums. We've got to have a little jump up there. This could be the jump up. In other words, this could be the thing that leads us to head to sports stadiums. Depends on what happens. But I'm saying that by the Spirit, by watching the hand of God, how this thing is coming to pass, how it's working together and the people that are coming there, I think it's going to be real powerful. And while, again, I can't guarantee sevenfold miracles going to show up. I mean, right now, the agenda is that I'm going to wait a minute here. Let me tell you about the agenda. Friday night, 630. I'm going to speak on my seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials chart, which is basically an overview, a two hour overview of Revelation. And you can cover a whole lot about Revelation in two hours. Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, I'm going to talk on my feasts and Revelation prophecies chart and how they're linked together. That again is for two hours. Saturday evening, starting at 5 p.m., Leslie is going to talk on the Kundalini spirit. She has several little video clips she plays in there, and it I'm going to say your mouth is probably going to drop open. You will be shocked to understand what's going on. This is important because any place the power of God shows up, seems like the Kundalini spirit shows up, and the best way to stop it is nip it in the bud before it even starts. That's why we're bringing that. Then, Sunday morning, I'm going to talk on my new book that I haven't even talked about here yet. We'll get around to that, called Miss the Mark, and Leslie is going to talk on her whatever the Lord leads her to talk on. So it's going to be four two-hour talks, Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship. Please don't call them. If you want to go, you want to go to endtimesconference.com, endtimesconference.com, and get signed up there. $25 registration fee. Believe me, that's a real bargain. endtimesconference.com, endtimesconference.com. 
get registered because it is filling up quickly. The summer blowout is now in effect. This amazing offer is only offered for a brief time each summer. Right now, you can get 50 DVDs for a gift of $250, that's 5 bucks each, 25 for $160, $640 each, 15 for $120, $8 each, 10 for $100, $10 each, 6 for $70, $1160 each, 4 for $50, $1250 each, or 2 for $30, obviously $15 each. A single DVD is a gift of $30. See the selection of over 230 DVDs at prophecyclub.com bookstore or download our catalog. Note your selections, but you have to call our office 785-266-1112 to place your order. You have to call 785-266-1112, and this is probably going to be the last summer we make this offer. Prophecyclub.com, 785-266-1112. Prophecyclub.com, 785-266-1112. 266-1112. We are extending this offer until September the 6th. The blowout will continue and conclude on September the 6th. September the 6th will be your last day to get this amazing blowout offer and probably the last time ever. 